0: Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Honesty Speaking Podcast. Write a review, share with a friend, help us grow. Today in the booth is just us, no guest, but we get into some great topics. Kicking off with the upcoming verses between Trina and Eve. Who do you think is going to win? Secondly, we get into Naomi Osaka's uh, stepping away from the French Open and the debate around mental health in Black celebrities. And lastly, we go into a bit of a rapid fire, but the biggest topic out of that was definitely the centennial around the Tulsa Massacre. Who are the players? What went down? Farb was there. He illuminates us on what went on. So kick your feet up and enjoy.
1: a missy versus
2: there's no lane for anyone else to compete with missy missy is just out of this world in a whole other lane i don't i can't imagine who they would put missy against
1: well this is where they have to split up and not just think about it as gender
0: right
1: right i think that's the only way to do it
2: I think even even if you did that, <laughs> Missy's still in a whole other lane.
1: I don't know. I mean, like, she is so damn creative. The only person when I can think of in the same kind of creative lens is like Kanye. You know, when you think about him, his range from like 808s to some of the earlier stuff he did to Yeezus. Does Missy produce? I don't know if Missy produces. She, I know she writes. I and... think
2: Pharrell. Oh, yeah. Pharrell would probably be more, more of a good versus for, for Missy.
0: I think that's more yeah. spot on, uh, Pharrell and Missy.
1: Maybe Pharrell's the better comp.
2: Yeah, because yeah, he sings
0: be, raps, produces.
1: Does he write? He might write, too. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure he writes as well. That
1: would be cool, too, because it'd be like a, a Southern Virginia celebration. Oh, so they're both, they're both from VA, right? They
2: are both. See, there it is. I didn't know
1: Missy was from VA. Yeah, she, she was did. in the whole Timbaland, you know, super crew that oh, was yeah. built out of VA.
2: Man, those were good times in music. They shaped a whole, whole generation of music.
0: VA, right? They had this time in the sun, like Timberland, like Atlanta did. But I think people yeah. forget about the VA era. Clips.
1: Which was birthed by Teddy Riley. Oh, Teddy Riley left New York and, and went down South and put it on. We're mm. going to bring it all the way back.
2: Look at you, Michael. how you know about all that?
1: <laughs> I, 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 I was, look, I was in my, like my pink polos in Baltimore doing cool. research in high school sneaky on them Oh,
2: that's a good intro. what do you
1: think of this upcoming uh eve uh versus trina versus
2: fire man that's gonna be good i was saying like trina eve let, eve like you were saying offline she's at least she's a lyricist and eve got some hits eve made me want to start me um, made me want to keep rapping but like trina whoo trina got that cult following like being from the south, man, I gotta go. I gotta go hard for Trina. I'm sorry, Eve.
0: You mean like Trina? Trina's following like how like Nikki has the barbs. Like Trina's yeah. got who's, who's Trina's cult following. What is what is their name? Do they name themselves I something?
2: I don't think they name themselves. They're just just like, you know, every southern woman. <laughs> right. Every single woman from the south is probably a Trina fan.
0: Trina was a whole like. I don't know if I want to say like brand, but she was like a larger than life figure more than Eve was. Eve was kind of like, Eve has a dope discography and she was in, you know, sort of the, uh, you know, the kind of quote unquote first lady of uh, Rough Riders. Um, But she was like a Philly lyricist. She's like, you know what I mean? Like kind of akin to like a Cassidy, that kind of like Philly lyricism. Mm-hmm. It's just a bit different than, than a Trina. So I don't wanna sure, I don't sure. know if this is like a mismatch of a versus, but they're de- they're definitely very different. It kind of feels like it is.
1: Or it, it's <laughs> 'cause typically they've tried to really make it consistent, right? Like, yeah. you know, who was I mean like Jeezy and you know Gucci. Uh, right.
2: That Gucci, was a good right? Fight.
1: Right. Or and, Kiss and Fabulous. Right. And who and Rick Ross was against
2: Oh, I see. I see what y'all, y'all saying.
1: Oh, uh, who Was Ross against? He bodied whoever he was against. I don't remember at this point.
2: <laughs> I've never well, seen Versus any has of been the verses.
1: Are you having Tax toxic masculinity, Mm-mm. Rick Ross. <laughs> 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 oh, Ross
0: was against two chains. That's a legit. Oh, uh,
1: Two two chains. That was a good that was, one, actually. You that said was Rick Ross lineup.
2: bodied two chains in verses?
1: He kind of did, though.
2: No way. I don't believe that. I never seen and I, it. And I, I love two chains. I love two chains.
1: No, two chains. Ha- I guess maybe it's just preference. I love two chains, but you just forget how many monster hits Rip Rocks mm. has.
2: Okay, okay.
0: But also, chains does too because chains, yeah. has had three careers with right. different under T- with different titty names boy. <laughs> Titty Boy, Titty right. Boy, then it was the Player Circles, you know what I mean, Duffel Bag yeah. Boy, uh, boy, and then chains. But I, I Chains is... Ed's got a hits. soft
1: spot for the Duffel Bag Boys. That was his college oh, anthem. Oh, that
0: shit was college anthem. Everybody was on that shit. You know, that was a summer, the summer anthem. College anthem in general. Um, But yeah, then Deal. the Methane Red, like... So this, this feels maybe more of a mismatch.
1: 2 Chains has more range, I think. I, I feel like the stuff he's been on has been of a wider spectrum. I mean, like, Rick Ross track, you know what you're getting. <laughs>
2: So with yeah. Eve, who would you, who would you uh, put her in in the battle with? And who would you put Trina in a battle with?
0: Damn. That's a good <laughs> question. Who would Eve be? I might... Maybe Eve could be, like, maybe better with, like, a Remy, like, a Remy Ma type of... Uh, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like,
2: yeah, yeah. I could see that.
0: That, that could be more right i mean philly new york obviously lyricists they you know they go at it or you know they've gone at it all the time yeah maybe like a remy versus eve i mean eve would clearly body remy but um that might be more of like uh, an apt comparison
2: yo it would be a fun one to see trina uh with megan yeah even though but megan's that's like... much like a new era a new era but <laughs> that'd be fun to see like the two like you know, baddest. Uh, you know, country girl. One from Houston. One from what? What? She from Florida? Somewhere in Florida, right? Miami, Miami, right? I think so. Somewhere down there. That'd be a hot. That'd be a hot one right there.
0: That'd be like mother versus daughter, though.
2: They would just have so much fun, mother versus daughter.
0: It'd be mother versus daughter, but it would just be like a concert. <laughs> Why wouldn't you do Little Kim and Eve?
2: Kim? No. Mm, I think I don't Kim
0: know. preceded
1: Eve. I think she it did. Came- but right? not by that much. Probably like seven years, seven, eight years.
2: Kim, I think, is in in a whole other uh, caliber. Not not as in better, but just, man, she's just like legend. Like, Eva's legend too, but like Kim is like legend, legend. Probably the whole bad boy come up. Like, yeah,
0: that's the, you know what I mean? Because she, she's in company with Biggie. Yeah, like, it's bad boy in part in Diddy. Too much and,
2: disparity, know? yeah. Because it's like, man, she's like span a lot of generations in the the hits like she could have a hit for like decade, couple decades, different hits, you know? Like Fox Foxy Brown and Lil' Kim, of course, I
1: think. Uh whatever. that's that's yeah. the right one. That would be the classic. Yeah. for sure. Yeah. That would be amazing. That would be the classic. They could like they could bring out like Junior Mafia and the firm. That would be a that would be a concert. How old is Junior Mafia at this point? Damn. It would be.
2: I don't know. I met Lil' C's once. He was cool. My homegirl was dating him. Brought me to his house. He had a little house party in Brooklyn. He was sweet.
0: Wait, 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 wait. Okay. A a Brooklyn house party at Lil C's house. You just I'm just thinking about like the one more chance music video, like the Brooklyn house party. This is the this is the house party I dreamed of. Nah, it about.
2: was way way than that. It was,
0: it was grimy. It,
2: it wasn't shiny at all. And I don't know if it was his house. It was someone's trap house, is what it was, but I don't think it was his house. He was just hosting okay. it with some friends.
1: It it was like Redman Redman's uh, apartment from MTV yeah, Cribs. Yeah, more like that. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> no, that was legendary. Yo, that's why I love Red. That's why I kind of like
0: yeah. love Red more than Meth because he does shit like that. He, he just mm. always down to earth.
2: Meth is just so so much finer though. I'm
1: telling you, if you two didn't go back and watch the Redman Meth and Man verses, it was the best or most entertaining verses I've seen.
2: I'm gonna start. Because they that actually
1: one. performed the entire thing.
2: Right. You don't think so?
0: I I I I didn't watch it, but it sounds so. But I mean, my favorite verse is it's gotta be Jada Kiss and Fabulous.
1: Jada's was great. Jada got so lit.
0: He got smacked. He didn't perform <laughs> all of it, but he would jump in and then like say some of the bars. And that shit was just so fire. Like his shit. The craziest thing that he did though was um he played. Puff's victory verse, the opening, mm. and everybody, and, and I think people were confused, but then they quickly realized that he wrote that verse for Puff. Legendary wow. Puff verse. Right. Kiss wrote it. That was right. the craziest flex. Sometimes
2: you gotta let them know. Yes.
0: That I've seen. I was just like, yo, yeah,
1: wow. And no, he no one had ever known that he re, he like let everyone know that in that moment.
0: In the moment, I like that was that. that was a legendary verses moment i you know yeah. i, I was a
2: brilliant concept versus you gotta give it up to to swiss and uh who, who else co-produces it with them timbaland timbaland yeah man it's just like a brilliant concept and it's just like so beautiful to like just see the culture you know them bringing back the culture of like all of and uh celebrating those those artists you know that kind of shaped kind of where we're at now and get giving the fans something to you know to be excited about and nostalgic about. This is a brilliant idea.
1: Agreed. It's been amazing. I it definitely there was many a COVID night where I was just locked to my phone. But like even now that it's past that, it's so cool that it's morphing into. They can do higher production. They can bring in more people. People are doing versus parties. It just gets to be this like really fun. Um, cultural moment to your point g right
2: um they got bow wow cool. and a soldier boy coming up right
1: oh no my God. stop it is that is that real yeah I mean, Drake. Big draco my... has been going hard at him on, on don't
2: take yeah don't take my word for it you know i don't know what's the difference between reality and gossip so i heard <laughs>
1: that <laughs> no it's it's actually real i i i mean God, I went back. I was like, do they actually have enough tracks? They, they actually cool. do, believe it or cool. not.
2: Bow Wow? Shoot, Bow Bow-wow. Wow's got tracks. People be sleeping on Bow Wow. That man no, got they more, do more sleep tracks. Bow Wow's got a lot than most, of tracks. Yeah, they're most, most veterans.
1: But you forget it until you go back and listen to stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, right. he was on that. Oh, that was a smash. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Soldier has a few big ones. Bow Wow's going to body him. Oh, Bow Wow's going to crush him. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: He already knows, too. He's Soldier's
1: like, but heat. Soldier's going to make it entertaining. Oh, Romeo, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. He's
0: got heat. I would have thought uh, Bow Wow and Romeo, Lil' Romeo, would have been the one.
1: Mm-hmm. I wonder if
0: they approached Lil' Romeo.
1: But does Romeo actually have any tracks? <laughs>
0: He's got some tracks?
1: Oh, yeah. I can't think of
2: three. What are you say? I can't think of three Romeo tracks.
1: I can't think of three.
0: Well- Right, of course, we listened to it in like middle school, but like obviously we can't think of a top of head right now. But Lil Romeo was like (laughs) the Coke to Bow Wow's Pepsi, or vice versa, whatever the hell. You know what I mean? They were in the moment. They were the they were the the competition to each other. Obviously, Bow Wow was first. Shout out to you know uh, Dupree, Um, but he Romeo has some
2: shit. Yo, he has some shit. He did. I think that I remember, was the original yeah. idea. I think they was trying to, you know, I think pitch that first, the Romeo and Bow Wow, but they probably who knows what did, right? Behind the scenes, you know, but uh, I think Soldier Boy is a good, good match because they did have some history and, you know, a little, a little beefy beef. Oh yeah,
0: I forgot little about that. Little beef flank.
2: That makes sense. You know? Yeah, the beef. Yeah, so well, who hasn't
0: beef recent. with Soldier Boy? Yeah.
2: Anyhow, what about mental health and entertainment, y'all?
0: Oh, that's a good transition. So you, like,
2: you like that transition? Was that like a smooth <laughs> transition?
0: <That> was,
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, that was, I'm a queen of transitions.
2: <laughs> Y'all know how my brain
1: works. <laughs> G's like, yeah. I'm over this. Mental health. Let's go.
0: Mental health. What made you think of that, G? Anybody in what particular? What made
2: think about that? Well, I was thinking about, you know, um, what's her name? Naomi. Yep. The badass Osaka. tennis player who's been like smashing it. Yes, Osaka, Miss Osaka. How she stepped away for a second to focus on her mental health and got a little criticism for it. I don't know. I guess I should say I was surprised by that, but maybe a part of me is not, and I don't, I don't fully understand the criticism behind it, like right. her stepping away.
1: Ed, I feel like you've talked about this before, but you know, it. it there's like this whole like. uh owner's mentality of the of the fan that like or just the general people that are not the player that like you work for me you've got to do what i want to do it's like these crazy and there's probably deeper power dynamics around all of that and then of course we know the it's much more specific to the black athletes uh because we've seen especially in tennis like what you know serena and others have been held to but i think at the end of the day regardless of like who she is, what her background is, she's 23 years old and Mm -hmm. like, she's clearly an introvert. And it just seems a little bit ridiculous that we have to demand so much from these individuals and we don't just let them, I get it. They're making a bunch of money, but it doesn't mean that you just need to have every second of their day because of it. Like sure, they're already performing in front of you. Like what else do you need? So all the extra pieces. I think it. I'm glad that she pushed back and was like, "Screw you! I'm not. I'm. I'm, I'm bouncing." Because mm. there has to be so many other players who don't have the power that she has. Quite frankly, uh, who maybe have been in a similar place. Um, like I don't know if you ever read Andre Agassi's book or heard about it, but dude was in a terrible mental place his entire career like just living in torture, living in hell for all this, you know, he was like balding the whole time, he was wearing a fake hair, wow. all the, you know, all the different things he went through mentally and
2: really? I will say
1: as growing up as a tennis player, like tennis is such a mental fuck. Like you were by yourself. You don't get to ride team camaraderie. If you have a bad day, it's all you. So your loads mm-hmm. can be really low. So I definitely rock with her heavy and I think it was so tremendously brave for her like stepping up knowing she's going to take some flack. Um, right. So I'm here for And it. like
2: yeah standing her ground too I think that's what's beautiful about her decision to do that. I know she did it for for her and that and it should be for her you know but at the same time she's inspiring like the next generation of athletes and entertainers to put themselves first even if you know, I'm sure there's so many different pressures, like you said, that we don't even know about as to why that was maybe a difficult decision for her. But she's kind of setting an example of like, you know, I, I'm a human. I'm a human being with needs. I'm not just some robot or machine that can just, you know, perform on cue or on whistle. And uh, I think that's a powerful statement for it, especially like up and coming athletes, entertainers. That it's okay, it's okay to focus on your health first. Because with you know if your health declines, nothing much is going to come from that anyway. You're just going to burn out and be done. And I hear her like she's 23. She's not trying to burn out at 24. She's trying to pace herself.
0: Right. She. So I guess what happened, the events that led up to this was she, after the first match at the French Open, Uh, she did not go to, she skipped the news conference after her first match with no explanation, I guess, or no heads up. And then the criticism started coming from there saying, oh, well, you have to talk to the reporters. It's a part of the game the way all of the other players do, even if you, you know, you win or you lose. Um, And I think after that prodding, whether it was criticism on social media and then I th- believe she was actually fined 15k from the officials running the French Open and I believe oh, wow. um for not and, going and to they, the press conference for not going to the press conference so fined and then they threatened to suspend her from the tournament and then it was those events that led to her withdrawing and then it came mm-hmm. out that she wanted to protect her mental health and that she what had experienced long bouts of depression since winning her first major tournament, the U.S. Open in 2018, was that the one where she beat Serena?
2: I'm Not sure. 2018?
0: Think so. Think so, right? Because wow. that was no, that's po- what catapulted positive, her. But... Yep. That's what catapulted her fame, and then she. Oh, it
1: it was it was that one. Yep.
0: It was that one, right? And so we're we're coming off of the heels of 2020, where in 2020 she was the highest paid female athlete right you know that qualifier female athlete in the world right she made more than 55 million so in in a lot of endorsements so you're coming off the heels of like a record breaking uh money-making year french open she skips out with with no uh explanation and then it comes out sort of after that um so you know I, i i i agree that she Yes, mental health. You have to protect it, especially young, twenty three, catapulted to this world-renowned figure. That's such a you know a, a mental job on you. Sure, you're not even really imagine. fully formed in can your imagine. early twenties, right? I know I wasn't. So, so it's like wait, I, it I'm it, not fully it seems formed now. Right. <laughs> well, actually, me <laughs> too. G, 30s. I agree. <laughs> I agree with that. G, I, me too. Um, it's crazy, but that I mean that that's an interesting sequence of events. It's like okay. If you skip the I'm not, you know, faulting it's like, oh, do what all the other players are doing. And it's like in the contract or something. It's an interesting sequence of events that I think maybe gets uh, skipped over, uh, you know.
2: Yeah. And that's the thing. like, I'm always really careful whenever I'm like doing commentary on things like this, because there are just so many unknown factors that we what well, we can't know. 'Cause we're not in her inside circle. We're not part of her management. We're not part of her family. You know, so it's like we have to just be very careful, you know, when we speak about things like this. My whole thing is that it's always a good thing when you're putting your health first. That's how I feel. As long as you're not physically harming somebody like i don't think you know maybe she messed with with somebody's dollars by not showing up to that press conference but like
0: right right her
2: her health is more important and the health of of other up-and-coming younger athletes and and entertainers is important and they need to know that as well so that's kind of where i land on it
0: agreed yeah even however it all played out there's clearly a double standard in terms of naomi i mean you but you brought up a good point farb about black athletes or black women athletes naomi is half haitian but she's born grew up in in japan she's a uh, her her nationality is is Japanese so it's not like i would i don't think she's not that you were uh farb uh, saying she's exactly like serena you know grew up in compton and and uh grew up in 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 violence uh in segregated black neighborhoods but does Naomi consider herself black? I mean, she's probably considered herself in the tradition of the diaspora, but is she black like Serena is so and, and thus have the same burden? I don't think so
1: i, I don't I don't specifically know. I, I do see that she has been very vocal with like the clothes she wears. She makes a lot of statements with you know rocking with the movement. So she's definitely, definitely very much in support. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I I don't know who is who. I don't know if it's her mom or her dad, but someone's Japanese, right? Like she has her mother. A, it's her mother, you're right. So she, you know, she has a, a split culture identity, but at the end of the day, she still is primarily living, I think, in America. She's a Japanese citizen, mm-hmm. and still black in America. So yeah, I mean, her route is different, but I think she still very much feels a part of, you know, what is going on. Um, I agree. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's,
2: she she uh... black. She black. She yeah. Man, she didn't have the um, uh, you know, black exp black American experience, but she black like she, you know, in Japan there's a lot of racism against black people over there too. So I'm sure there's she no felt black that. There's no black people in Japan. Man,
0: she's like she, one of she
2: black. <laughs> she in Japan. So just imagine, so like she. you know, the the what type you know the type of uh backlash or prejudice that she. She probably went through, but it, it's a different, it's a different flavor of racism. In Japan,
1: if you're not, if you're not a hundred percent Japanese, they just look down on you. Doesn't even matter like what you are. Is if you're not Japanese, like, yeah.
0: do they segregate like you? Do, do they perpetuate a wealth gap against you?
1: Yes, so, like I said,
2: it's a different, it's a different experience of blackness.
0: Definitely different. I mean, I hear the whole, Absolutely. I hear like you know. Now. The next word, <laughs> the othering, the outsiderness, but that ain't that ain't what Black people are going through in America. It's quite different. You're
2: right. You're right. It's a you different know. flavor. It's a different cuisine for sure because it's more systemic, historic, and foundational. And systemic. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Foundational.
0: Like, I mean, but yeah, no, I I agree. And I know me because she's She was uh, dating one of that rapper. What's the boy? YBN. Corday? That guy seemed
1: like a clown. He, well, he's the he's the young. He 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 seemed to be lucky to be with her.
2: Dang, Mike!
1: <laughs> oh my god! Well, absolutely, no, absolutely, yeah. She's he was, like. He
2: was probably she's... there before the fame, you know. He was probably.
0: Maybe who knows?
1: Nah, he wasn't. He came in later, and he's 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 happy. He's <laughs> along for the ride. Yo, that she's, guy is she's,
0: n- nowhere near. <laughs> she's in another galaxy, clearly. I can't another galaxy. Feel. It's not I even, not even another level like another galaxy
1: she's making fifty million year over year right now. Hey, Dude is you know, like, you don't know what that boy doing rapper. for her. You don't know what he's doing
2: for her behind closed doors, man.
1: <laughs> All I know is he, she can probably find a lot of guys that can do that for her.
2: Damn, Michael. <laughs> it's the shade for me. You be Word, like he's... every so often, Michael be coming with the shade, <laughs> sips his tea. <laughs>
0: Exactly. No, he's he's no like Alexis Ohanian. Of course not. Um, right. You know, he's probably it is he's he's probably you know here today, gone tomorrow. Who knows if they're still together? But they're not gonna like you know young 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 couple, young love, whatever, young yeah. love. That's it. Yeah. Oh, pup man. love.
2: I'm gonna stand up for my boy. I don't even know who he is, but I you know, I, I got to be devil's advocate. You know, he 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 holding it down. You know, he you know he. Gee, this is your boyfriend. role on
1: the pod. You you stand up for love.
2: I stand you know, up for love, you know. Word. I don't know what his intentions are, but, you know, she seemed happy. So that's all that matters. As soon as she's not happy, she going she gonna to bounce.
0: True. That is
1: true. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Michael's like, whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my my head is in, like, such a different place. I, I don't even, like, want to talk about this woman who was, like, on some show who had a debutante, like, ball, like... How many of these are we going to oh, talk Ellie. about? Ellie. There's another one.
0: Ellie Kemper, right. Ellie, Ellie Kemper, uh, originally, uh, from the office and most recently had her own show, the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. So the background was, I checked it out. It was like a debutante ball when she was 19 in Missouri, um,
1: you like know, if Missouri. you're white and you're 19 in Missouri or 18 in Missouri, it's probably what you do. Like it's I'm not probably saying probably what right. you do.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, it's
1: probably. Let's, let's be serious here. I don't even let's know be
2: what Debbie top Ball is.
0: It's probably in the water. Right.
1: Like, I just I I, yeah. I think at a certain point where like we're getting like a little too alarmist. Like if she's still going the Debbie Ball, Balls, like let's call it out. But <laughs>
0: right, she's 41 I mean, now. She was 19. Dang.
1: Right Right. debutante ball it's
0: it's 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 like the formal ball that you know presents the the debutantes i think it's like it's almost like a women present themselves as buffet items maybe it's like that old southern shit you know what i mean for men to come in and and
2: brings this stuff up like i wonder if there's like she has like an enemy or like a crazy ex-partner who's like i'm gonna go deep into her past and blow it up on twitter like who bring who goes back and brings this stuff up is it like an old high school arch nemesis, it's like angry at her success. Because that's a long time ago. It's a long, it's a time, long ago. time ago.
0: Yeah. And she did this whole like apology. It was like, I was not aware of the history at the time, but ignorance is no excuse. It's like, you know, it's go- we've gone, this is, we're so far gone from like the whole principle of what this thing is initially. Of course she didn't know. I don't think her ignorance is, is, you know, no excuse. What was she, like you said, Farb is kind of what you do when you grow up and you just grow up in a community that does, has, you know, particular traditions and, you know, this kind of ancestral grounding. So, so what, I mean, like to fault her at night, this is, it's, it's madness. Let let me,
1: crazy. let me give you an example from my own. I said, you know, the F-A-G word, all the time in middle school and high school. Right. Like, and to me that was like, Oh, you're like, you're stupid. It wasn't like I was in my mind. I didn't even think I like knew a gay person till like end of high school. So in my mind, I didn't have this like thing of like, Oh, it was just like, you're an idiot or you're whatever. And it was just the thing you said. And then I got to college and started, you know, meeting friends. And I was like, Ooh, can't say this anymore. And then like start fading out. And now it's like, I cringe. Like, you know, you were around, there I think we all have like examples of things that probably weren't on the up and up that we did as younger and then we evolved and hopefully we got better. and that's like I think the most you can hope for people and it's just like at a certain level, as long as it's not like such like evil intent which most people it's not um we're just I think we're creating moral like high grounds that almost no one if you look at the totality right. of their life, can achieve and it's like to what end?
2: I don't know, I think that's what I was questioning anyway. about like the, the intention behind a lot of these flare ups where people are trying to cancel folks for the things that happened so long ago. It's like who's, like you said, to what end? Like what is the intention? Like I understand calling, maybe calling people out when they're being uh, problematic and perpetuating very problematic things you know um or profiting right off of exploitation of other people I understand all that but like at some point it's it's becoming a bit ridiculous you know this whole cancel culture thing it's like I don't know I think it's making people I think it's making people not want to speak about certain things because they're just afraid of how people are going to react not me not I I'm going to say what I need to say. So you know what I mean? It's just like. I want to
1: voice something that is like, I don't know if it's canceling, and I don't even know where I stand fully on it, but it's relative to our pod because someone it, – it's a guest of ours. So oh, we got we canceled? had Diane Morales.
2: Diane oh, Morales yeah. basically got
1: canceled by her own team. I don't know if you follow this, G, but she was tre- She was the most progressive person in the race. I like the thing. She got the honestly speaking bump. She was on the come up. <laughs> Mm. And she was trending to be the number one by all the progressives, right? And right, then suddenly, right. out of nowhere, our, a few weeks ago, there started to be trouble. Our girl Iffy, who's been on the pod, out of nowhere, puts up a big resignation letter, starts getting Shout out Iffy, retweeted all over the place. Iffy was a person who put us on to Diane. We're big iffy stands. So we were like, all right, let's mm. let's let's rock with Diane a bit. Let's see what's going on here. And it was all because apparently the team wanted to unionize. Now, I think for anyone who's worked on political, um, campaigns or people who know about them, you are overworked and hella underpaid. I've never heard of anyone that was like paid appropriately. Like they're notorious for that. So I don't even think this is a Diane problem. It's more of just the way the whole thing is set up,
2: but because
1: her, she was running the most progressive campaign with the most progressive people. They pushed back and were saying we got to unionize, we got to do all these things. And it seems like, and we don't know. People said different things that she fired some of the people, and her her entire campaign has imploded. And yesterday, I think they laid off like forty people from it. So Whoa. she went from being in about third place to like she's back down to like four percent and dropping.
2: Whoa. And
1: I don't. And I don't know how to feel about it fully. I mean, look, I'm. I mainly like Rocket in the sense of like she did something wrong if all these people were to to drop. Like as a good mm-hmm. leader, you figure out a solution no matter what. So that's I think where I end up. But it is interesting to me at the same time that the person who was pushing for the most progressive stances in the party <laughs> by far, like by far, there was no one as prog- – like my, all, they weren't anywhere remotely as progressive as her in what she was saying, that her whole team – because they felt like there were certain things she wasn't going all the way left with them on, were down to burn the whole thing down than to potentially get a candidate in that would have done more than any other candidate. And to me, I'm look, if she, I, I still blame her, but I, I, it is interesting of the line of like where you are such a purist or where like you're trying to play chess. Um, and to me, this plays a little bit into cancel culture-ness because like, Her team was like, we are just going to cancel the hell out of her and all go on Twitter and all say all the things that she's done wrong. And I think other candidates like aren't perfect, too, but their teams are like, we got to be just political and just get them through. So it's and I'm curious how that that, that strikes you.
2: It seems like. um, I don't know, like I, I don't know the intricacies of it, but it just saddens me that it went down like that. You know, and hopefully everybody involved will just um take lessons from that what happened and move forward. You know, I hope that Diane. I don't believe that you can cancel somebody. Yeah, you you can you know tear a campaign apart, which is I think what happened in this situation. But you know, I think Diane. Um, if you know, hopefully she'll learn from whatever mistakes that she made, and uh come back stronger and still be of service to the people that she wants to be of service to. And, you know, the people in her campaign uh, who, who thought that was the best approach, you know, hopefully their intentions were pure as well. And and that um, they'll learn and go on to do great things in service of, of the people and communities that they wanna serve too. But it's, yeah, it's kinda, it's hard to see, you know, things implode. It's like seeing a family implode, you know, like it's always sad when you see a unit of, people implode like that no matter the circumstances or whose fault it is it's it's just like a, a death of a movement that a lot of people were excited about you know um you know so I don't know that's a part of it just uh it does hit me a, on a side note to hear that
1: yeah I mean this is like a bigger philosophical discussion because this is what happened in Tulsa with the, with the survivors a bit and I can't go into all the details, but you probably all saw that like John Legend backed out of the concert and a lot of it had to do with the reparations due to the survivors and the descendants. Um, they were demanding, well, at one point they were working with Color of Change to demand. So basically there's a museum that went up in Tulsa uh, called Greenwood Rising to you know, honor the stories of Tulsa because a lot of people don't know what happened with the, the Tulsa Race Massacre. Raised around thirty some million dollars or so, and uh, to build it out from private donations and corporations, but at no point in time had the survivors been written a check by anyone. Now the check really should come from the city, but I yes. do think there's a big, a hundred percent the check should come from the city. But there, <laughs> but but you know, at a certain point in time, there are some people um, that you know people would hope would step in. So basically, what ended up happening was. So lawyer DiMario was representing the families, um, also working with Dr. Tiffany Crutcher, who's a major person in the community. Her her brother was murdered by the police a few years ago. And they brought in also Color of Change, who put out a big campaign that, I guess they were doing it for a while, but it only picked up traction two weeks out once like John Legend's name was attached. So they went straight to John Legend being like, you got to cancel, you can't be a part of this if you say what you're, you're for. And Color of Change was demanding that... Um, of the $30 million that was raised needed to go to the descendants. Now, the building was almost done at this point. I can't imagine how much money was actually there. The the commission came back to them and said, hey, we'll give $100,000 per survivor and $2 million of a fund that we'll try to raise more of towards. And the lawyer was like, nah, we need more. And then they eventually... At a certain point in time, came back and said, "We need a million freed survivor, and we need fifty million dollars." And so I know a little bit about this because I was in some of the behind the scenes dealing. There was willingness from some private high net worth individuals to potentially write a twenty to twenty five million dollar check, um, but they but they wanted it to be you know more of just an evergreen fund for the descendants, and um, and but they could still sue the city, and because. They didn't get to the $50 million mark with all the bells and whistles. The lawyers shut down all negotiations and then John Legend backed out and then they got nothing. So then what happened was no money was written and eventually um, this commission that was representing the families with this lawyer, I guess they had $300,000. So they ended up giving $100,000 each to the survivors. So they ended up getting $2 million less plus some other like goodwill that like private citizens were going to raise which they didn't have to even though I think it was right for them to do for like what needs to be done there. And to me this is an interesting like thing where it's like you know what's fucked up is i heard that the survivors didn't even have enough money to fly out to congress and had to go to some nonprofits to actually like pay for their bill to fly out. So like it is horrible that these people haven't taken been taken care of. At the same time though I wonder it's like – you know, it, this gets murky where it really should be the city and at a certain point in time when private citizens are about to step up a certain amount. But you have to hold out for the 100% of what you need knowing that that's just not how humanity works. To me, this is like also like the chess versus checkers kind of stuff and like I am I feel like they should have already gone to check way before that. But now I'm like, shit, you could have been at like 20, 25 million instead of like 300,000. But you didn't even want to negotiate. And like to me, this lawyer, honestly, like I, I think I told you all, but we were bumped by Ben Crump on the flight to Tulsa, <laughs> which is kind yeah. of hilarious. <laughs> and and we've we've heard Leon talk about Ben Crump. You know, Leon Ford was our former guest who was Sean paralyzed by the Pittsburgh Police. Ben represented Trayvon Martin's family, Timmy Rice's family, a lot of people represented Leon. Leon fired him, even though I mean, Leon thinks he still has a good heart and means, but you know. There's there's a bit of like how much is clout, how much you know, is this this business of activism? I mean, Ben Crump had a Ben Crump mask on. You can't that guy want like hey. was looking for <laughs> everyone to talk to him at the airport. You don't have a Ben Crump mask on if you, you're not right. in it a little bit to be known who you are. And not shockingly, he came to town to to like sit side by side by this lawyer. Now, one thing I'll close with was Jesse Jackson was a Reverend Jesse Jackson. And I was told after all the dealings went down that in like a closed group thing that he told this lawyer representing the families to like sit down and shut up and was like angry at him for botching the whole thing. So anyway, that that's some like tea on that whole situation. But that situation with this uh, Diane situation just has me thinking a lot about like. Life can't always be like the perfect 100% of everything you need. And like, sometimes I do think we have to go all in and stand for what you want. But like, at what point do you also like try to get the things you need while still trying to correct?
2: See, that's why I don't deal with politics. really.
0: <laughs>
2: politics. It's a mess. It's a circus. It's a circus. These folks ain't for you. And most of these politicians ain't for the folks. So, where does that leave us? Power, money, prestige. Ben Crump mask, Genesis B mask.
1: <laughs> <laughs> His mask <clears throat> was rough to see. I'm like, come on, man! You're representing families I can't believe who've that. been brutalized. I can't and you're believe wearing that. a Crump mask like he's walking man. through the airport. Everyone's like coming up to him. He just, he, I was like, it is. So- You're trying to act like you're not an ambulance chaser, but you are giving off heavy ambulance chasing like vibes.
0: That's ambulance chasing shit. Oh my god, how you how we all of y'all the two of you going to drop this on me at the end of the pod? We should have started with this shit. G talking about politics like we got to talk like politics is just the process by which people decide how they want to live together at its very core. Yes, it, it is. It is. It can get distorted and all of these things, but there's some stuff we got to dig into there. But I agree with you on a lot of what you were saying. But it's, like politics, just to throw it all away is really hard because
1: throw there's it a all, lot lady. of. Throw it all away, <laughs>
2: Eddie. Burn it all yeah. it Anarchy. All. Anarchy. I, no, I'm just kidding. I want to shout. Maybe- I want to shout
1: out um, that G uh, booked Reverend Jackie Lewis for two weeks, and there's definitely things I would love to hear from her. She's such a powerful voice on these topics, so I think oh, she's yeah. going to be a great person to talk this through. Shout yo, out, Reverend the Jackie thing, Lewis.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited for her. Um, and G, you know the, the you know the the the, the A class guest book Booker like killing it <laughs> once again. I'm trying. Um, man, I'm trying. But Yo, far the Tulsa thing, you're right. It would it would just it's just it would just kind of for private donors or the private city, citizenry to 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 go that route from the very beginning. Even if they did get twenty twenty five whatever fifty, like even then, it was just it's just it's just a it's just a failed path to go. And you're right. Like, do we, you know, do, do we take half the loaf? Do we do what we can given the realities and the constraints of the society? I guess so. But it really, it has to come from this. It's just like when you, oh, give, you know, each descendant a hundred thousand or some shit. I, I just, it's like when, when what really needs to happen is just like a, a, a bigger life changing thing. It's like giving somebody with cancer a free car. It's a nice perk, but it doesn't really get to what needs to happen. Um, it's that's that's the only way that I can think about it. Yes, it's nice. The free car is nice, but these people have cancer.
1: The only thing I will say that why I think it's still important for some of these why I was excited potentially for some of these families to have written this check is one, you're right. It's not nearly enough. But they were saying, hey, we're going to do this and say, you're, we're still for you suing the city. This doesn't stop that bigger thing, which is the real thing that really needs to happen. And if we're going to, and and it would set a sign that um, bigger stake or stakeholders who have profiteered off this economy, which are these people who have made a lot of money are recognizing that, yes, they might've not been direct descendants or even have family who lived there during that time. Um, but they recognized the movement that has to happen. And I do think it would have put it added pressure for a conversation to keep happening. Um, so to me, it, it's a little bit more closely connected. I, I think it's still a, it was a, a tiny drop in the ocean, but I mean, we have to start somewhere. And I was really, ho- I, to me, if that had happened at the Centennial where there was already cameras, it would have been global and national news, and it it could have been something, and so that that's where I was really disappointed that something couldn't been happened, even if it's not technically like their responsibility, right? Like right. two of the two of the families were like, you know, are like, whatever. I'm, I'm not gonna actually go into who 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 was who, but um, does it
0: then does it then like kind of absolve the state? Can the state then be like, well, you got something, you got your reparations. You're good now. We don't need to talk about well, this so, no more. You got your thou. Is was there some a danger thinking. of that happening?
1: There yeah. is a danger of that happening, for sure. Um, like in so, Illinois,
0: but, when they got like this fund for, you know, a, a fund so you can like get a mortgage for a house and then calling that reparations. It's the furthest thing from reparations. It's like this half-ass, even quarter-ass bullshit. But then you call it reparations and it's just
1: like, it fucks up the movement. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I guess to my my point of even bringing up like half measures and stuff, if I I, I think that like all, every single thing could fuck up something in every way, right? You either go all in or you, you do this or that. To me, yeah. I don't think it would have fully fucked up the movement against the city. I think it actually would have put more pressure because the people who work to give the money are powerful, important people in that city and drive jobs and drive economic growth so to me money talks right and like that's that's actually where i think pressure starts becoming louder um but who knows you could be right
0: word we'll end it on a positive note there but that was good that was a good rundown for that was was really that was good all right y'all well i guess that's it for this week (laughs)